This morning, I want us to start um, uh, a new, you know, sort title of the message. I will build my church. And I'm believing God for us to be able to make one step at a time uh, concerning this. But believe God to hear. Say in the name of Jesus. I have ears to hear. I have eyes to see. And to me it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Take that. Who likes identifying himself with a winning team? Anyone? I do. Do you know why? Being part of a th- maybe a thriving organization and a uh, group of people. Anyone like who likes that? I believe every one of us likes. Then you are in the right place because you are a member of the church of the living God. So you identify yourself with that and I'm going to look at several things regarding that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16 from the Amplified Classic Version. And I want us to start from uh, verse 13, Matthew 16, from verse 13. Now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the, ma- the son of man is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But that's amazing because John the Baptist, you remember, he lived in the same, he was, if you look at the scriptures, I think he was about six months older than Jesus. Is that so? So, so for one to say you are John the Baptist, that that's really is confusion. And then others say Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but what do you, who do you yourself say that I am? In other words, you can say, and it's so easy, you've realized, it's so easy to say what people are saying. You've realized that. You can say, you know, I read this, it says this, it says this, and it says this. And mostly when we say what people are saying, it's because we haven't even contemplated ourselves to know what are we saying. Many people are saying many things, but what do you say? You say, what, do you, what you're going to say is coming forth out of revelation. It takes time to contemplate, to be able to understand the situations, taking time to contemplate, to think, until you are able to say authoritatively, this is what I'm saying. This is what I believe. Amen? So the disciples easily are able to say, this is what people are saying. Some say you are Jeremiah, some say you are Elijah, some say you are John the Baptist. But he narrowed it down to, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And then he said, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now I know as Gentiles, if we say, we read just, you are the Christ, the son of the living God may not have so much impact. 
Because, you know, we didn't speak Hebrew. We are not uh, Israelites. But, but actually to say, you are the Christ, Christ, which is the Greek word. But, but the Hebrew word is say, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. Now, again, that may not mean much to a Gentile church. But to a, to a, to a Jew, they, they are saying that you are the one who the prophets have spoken for thousands of years. And you are the one who has come to redeem us. Now, that may sound to be absurd to a natural thinking person. That's why a person like Nathaniel asks, can anything come, uh, good come out of, uh, uh, what is it, Bethlehem or Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Why, that's a natural thinking man. Why? They expected the Messiah to come on a, in a certain way. But Jesus said, actually Peter is saying by revelation, you are the one that prophets, prophets spoke about. You are the one who Moses spoke about. You are the one who God spoke in the garden concerning the seed of a woman who will break, who will, who will crush the head of the serpent. Now to narrow it down to say that, it takes revelation. And that's what Jesus responded. Then Jesus answered him, blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are you, Simon, by John. Say, I'm happy. I'm fortunate. I'm to be envied. <laughs> Hallelujah. That should be yours and my testimony. You're happy. You're fortunate. You're to be envied. Are you, Simon, by John, for flesh and blood, O men, have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. My Father who is in heaven. He's saying that this has been revealed to you by my Father who's in heaven. This didn't come by your thinking. This didn't come by your studying. This has been revealed to you by my Father who's in heaven. And then verse 18 says, And I tell you, you are Peter, which is Greek Petros, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, which is a Greek, Greek word for Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar, Gibraltar, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. Can you think about that? He says, I'll build my church. Now he, he received revelation. Now let me see this. Let me say this. The great, strong foundation of the church is based on Jesus being the Messiah. Jesus of Nazareth being the Messiah. And accepting him as your personal savior, it begins right there. Anyone who denies that Jesus Christ is not the son of God, there is the ultimate, they will go to hell. Because they have denied the only way for yours and my redemption, or for their redemption. I know this is so basic, but how, how many times we, we miss out those basics? Listen, if we don't have a strong foundation on the basics, then we miss out what God is about to do in this earth through the local church. But we miss out the basics. That's why many times I like going back to the basics to be able to teach you and, and, and renew your mind because many times you can continue. We are seeking this, we are seeking this, and we forget even our 
identity. Our identity is profound to change things in our generation. And he says this, I will give you the keys of, of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind declared to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven and whatever you lose declared lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Can you think of how, how much authority as the church we have? That what we declare on earth, what we bind on earth, has actually effect even in the heavenlies. But listen, you are impactful in both realms when you understand your identity in Christ. You are impactful. You have authority. And I do believe the thing that the enemy will do so much, will do so much against any believer or against the church is that we may not know who we are and what Christ has given to us to operate in that authority. You remember some weeks ago, even last Sunday, I spoke about the influence of the church. And what Brother Francis had ministered that if you are maybe in your office, you are in a business somewhere, or wherever you are, wherever your place of assignment is, that you look for another believer in Christ who believes what you believe. And the two of you are the powerhouse. The two of you. You have authority first in the spirit to turn around things. Just wherever you go. Wherever you go. That you have to be convinced concerning the reality of the word of God in your life. If Jesus says, which he says, you have power, you have authority, then take it. Just take it. And what do you do? Exercise that power. Exercise it. Exercise that authority. Wherever you go, take authority over, over, over the enemy. When you see something that is contrary, exercise your authority. I have said it for years. And I believe it with all my heart. It will not be after I've gone to heaven, but when I am still here on earth, there's coming a day. There will be so much order on our roads than anything that has ever known in what they call quote-unquote third world. The chaos that we see on our roads, there'll be a thing of the, the past. And people who flout rules and laws, traffic rules and laws, this coming a government that will so much enforce the good laws that have been written, which have been lying down on paper, and change our nation forever. And I'm not waiting until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I will live to see it and be a partaker of the fruit of it. It's disgusting sometimes when you see the flouting and, uh, of, of rules, every kind of rules, every kind of chaos. But that will come to an end. And I'm not talking about the new millennium. I'm talking about when you are breathing, we're still in this flesh and blood. Amen? How did I get into that? Of your authority? Hallelujah. Listen to this. 
The church is God's divine instrument. The church is God's divine instruments. instrument. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it or Listen, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, nor is revival likely to come through any other channel. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it, nor is revival likely to come through any other, any other channel. And that's why I just so believe so much what Brother Kenneth Copeland prophesied that 2021 is the year of the local church. 2021, the revival. You hear what is being spoken and prophesied, and I do believe it, it's coming. It's coming. But I, you need to think of this. God's divine instrument is the church. And the church is the mind of Christ to a confused world. The church is the mind of Christ to a confused world. The world is confused. Completely. But how many know that the Bible says we have that mind of Christ? We're supposed to be knowing what our master is supposed, is doing in the times that we are, we are living. We're supposed to be seeing, we're supposed to be perceiving the will of God in our generation. Again, Brother Kenneth Copeland prophesied that 2021 is the year of the local church. So what we need to watch out and strive to participate in what the Lord wants us to do through the local church. That's, that really encourage you to do that. Can you imagine when that is coming as a prophecy and, and coming out concerning the will of God through the local church, that's when COVID-19 hits in and then uh, makes every kind of restriction so that you don't meet. That's like the devil. That's like the devil. But we know the end of the story. We know, like the scripture that we have just read, and the gates, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. It doesn't matter what he does. All his efforts equal to naught. Let's go to, to, to Colossians chapter 2. I hope you are familiar with uh, where we reach. We reach, okay. For today, if you are visiting us for the first time, where we reach, we reach. Then you come next time, for the second time, next Sunday. But listen to this from the Passion Translation, uh, 2.15. I want you to see that, saying, uh, talking about building his church. Let's start from verse 12. It says, for we are buried, buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we, are, we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that, that raised him from death's realm. When was that? When we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. In, in fact, to be born again, uh, the scripture says in Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, and 10, that you have to confess that God raised him, Jesus, from the dead, uh, and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth 
the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. But it is based on the resurrection power. Then look at this in verse 13. This realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp, but now we have been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. Never to return. That death realm that death, we were without God. We were sinners, never to return. When we were initiated into the body of Christ, we received Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. This is what happened. We passed out of that realm, death, realm of death, describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. Can I help you of a mindset? That will help you. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not a sinner. You have to meditate long enough to believe that. Because the common statement is this, we are all human. Understand that. Understand that. But listen, I am not just human. You are not just human. You are born again. You have passed from death to life. That's why you should fear no death. That's why you should fear no death. Why? The power of death has been defeated. Look at verse 14. He counseled, talking about Jesus, out every legal violation we had on our record. And the old arrest warrant that, that stood to indict us, he erased it all, our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. Ooh. Ooh. Cannot be retrieved. I, I listened to a testimony recently of a certain pastor speaking about redeeming time and he has such revelation regarding that it's so amazing of, of the revelation the testimonies that he gives but he says there was this man who came to their church he had been in prison I think for over 20 years and he had all tattoos everywhere and then after he came from prison he wanted a job but he couldn't be employed because of his record but he'd given his life to Christ and then what happened, he went in an evening service to this pastor's church, and this pastor was speaking about that, and they prayed for him and said, actually, God has redeemed you even from your past. So he went that week, I think it was the same week, he went to a certain place to get a job, and actually, they, they, they say, we are ready to employ you. And he told them that he had been in prison for 20 years, and they say, let's call the place that you are in, uh, you know, in, in the prison that you are in, you are in. And they call the place, and the people check the computers and everything. There was no record of him having been in that prison. They say, let's check again. Please check again. The man said, I have been in prison. I was in the same prison for 20 years. They checked again and again. 
they called back and they said, we can't find this man's name. So there is nothing we can do. We can't find his name. What happened? They couldn't retrieve his records. <laughs> Hallelujah. What happened? He was employed. And actually, he said that in that job, he was being paid $50 per hour. Listen, you need, we must believe the word of God, what he says. You can't walk around with a head down, thinking as a sinner. You have to believe in the power that is in the blood to cleanse you from all your sins and walk in your freedom. That's the church of the living God. That's the redeemed church of Christ. Now listen to this. Look at this. If you can't find my records, you have nothing to accuse me of. That's why the foundation of the church is upon Jesus Christ, who is our Redeemer. And that's why the accuser, the the, the one called the accuser of the brethren is the devil. And since he can't find any records, listen, what he finds is the blood. If I have confessed my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. What he finds is the blood. And because he finds the blood, there's nothing. There's nothing he can put his clothes on. That's our freedom. That's why he will never defeat the church. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They love not their, they love not their lives even to the death. He's our Redeemer. He's our Redeemer. He's the head of the church, Jesus Christ. Listen, everything... We once saw in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of consolation, which is a public display of the defeat of the devil. I'm ready to read verse 15. Hallelujah. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. Toothless, tongueless, mouthless, completely defeated. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. That's triumph. That's really victory. That's what Jesus did for us. Granted us complete victory over the enemy. And that's why he says this, I will build my church. And we'll be going step by step, seeing what he's doing. Look at this, in fact. Oh, let me make some statements, which I already did. The Christian church in every age, past, present, and to come, and yet to come, consists of all who believe in Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, who accepts, accepts him as their personal savior from sin. They obey him as the Christ, the priest of the kingdom of God, on earth. In other words, if you are here today and you've never made that personal decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
then you no longer, you, you not yet belong to the church, but the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been brought in into the body of Christ. You are a son of God, and you, are, you belong to Christ. You belong to the church of Christ. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Talking about Jesus saying, without having seen him, you love him. Wow. Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him. And exalt and thrill with an expressible and glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. The invisible king, now with the eyes of the flesh, yet burning our hearts with the fire of heaven. The fervency, the glory of God indwelling us. Yet reigning in victory on our day-to-day lives, if we allow him to. We ought to think of this church. You are a member of the body of Christ. You are his hands. You are his feet. You are his heart. You are his smile. <laughs> Let love meet with people for the first time. And you know the way you have masked, like the way you do now. And I have said, um, you know, we are talking, some doing business and all that. And I say, uh, excuse me, this is my face. Just get to see me. You see the features really, it's down here, the mouth and the nose and coming down. So, Arima, this is my face. Would you please remove yours? I want to see you. Next time when we meet, I'll be able to recognize you. And they remove their face. They remove the mask and say, good, I see how you look. You're a handsome man. Or you're a beautiful lady. <laughs> it's a mask that makes you look ugly sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but have you not seen him? Without having seen him, you love him. Do you love him? I do. I fell in love. I cry sometimes because of this love. I weep sometimes. How can anyone love me like he does? But with inexpressible and expressible and glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. The church of Christ began its history on the day of Pentecost. Don't forget that. Began its history on the day of Pentecost. And listen to this church. Men, kingdoms, individuals have come and even who stood against the church and they have passed away. But the church still remains today. And I do believe this church stronger and stronger than it's ever been. Why? We are actually in the latter glory and the second coming of Jesus Christ is close here. It's stronger as it's ever been. Let's go to, to Acts chapter 12. I want you to see something from the New King James Version. Acts chapter 12. It says, verse 1, now, about the time of Herod, the king, was he a king? Yes, a great king. Stretched out his hand to arrest some from the church. 
Have you ever feel harassed? Because you belong to the church? He stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And then he says, Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison. Let's go read together the next part. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Do you know what the church was exercising? The authority. The authority. James had been killed. But now constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And let me give you a key right there. When you start hearing 2021 is the year of the local church, you need to participate in prayer. And most likely, we'll have some special times of corporate prayer that we can meet right here and take some time to pray. We did in 21 days praying fasting this, this past, past week, but that's not all for the year. That's the first thing you do. Listen, the, the, remember this is a king, and we are going to look at some scriptures, but corporate prayer was raised up. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. For Peter's what? Deliverance. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Makes tremendous power available, dynamic in his working. That's in James chapter 5 from the Amplified Version. Look at this then. And when Herod was about to bring out that night Peter was sleeping, like what Brother Francis was saying, I think, two weeks ago, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now, this is amazing even concerning Peter. James has been killed. That means that he was the next one who was going to be killed, yet he was asleep. That's wonderful. How many people will do that? And, and we see what happened. They are supernatural. A deliverance, an angel was sent. Look at this then. Uh, I, I want you to see this. Whew, my goodness, I have a lot to say. But I want you to see this. Remember, constant prayer was made, what? By the church. They were exercising the authority in, in the name of Jesus, okay? Look at this. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up quickly, saying, Arise quickly. Now look at this then. Angel was dispatched in response to the prayers of the church. I do believe this church. In this 2021 already prophesied as the year of the local church, expect angelic intervention in things. Be aware of that. How do you do that? The Bible says angels hearken to the voice of his word, have your words aligning themselves with the word of God so that we can see angelic help in situations. I'm expecting to hear testimonies. People say that we, we knew that was an angel. 
who showed up to do one, two, three. I remember years ago, it, it wasn't an angel, uh, but it was supernatural. This testimony comes up in my heart. I'd been living in, a, in Umdaiga. I'd just given my life to Christ with my, a certain uncle of mine. We were close, close, close. And then uh, the Lord spoke to me, did so many things that night. I think it was in August 1996. And I moved through the forest. I didn't know where I was going, actually. But I knew God wanted me to be in a certain place all alone. Don't try it at home. All right? It was at night. And I went towards Karura Forest through Kiamburo. And I walked inside for a long time. And I came to a place and the Lord started speaking to me. It took hours, I think from 8 o'clock to about 2 a.m. Don't try it at home. You see, I still have my mind sound, okay? So it's not like I lost it. I, I, I was following what the Lord wanted me to, to follow. Now look at this. If you, you know the area I'm talking about. When I came out around 2.30 a.m. in the morning, it was next to the Canadian embassy. Just think about that. From the other side of Mdega Golf Club to next to Canadian Embassy at 2.30 a.m. At no coin in my pocket. I'd been in the presence of God all those hours. I'd, I'd been born again for two months. When I stood there, some minutes to three now, a bus came and stopped right where I was, and it was a driver alone, and he said, come in. And he asked me, where are you going? I told him. And he took me right to the roundabout there, the police station, police station there, and I alighted. That was my destination, and I said bye. Just before three, God sent a full bus. <laughs> That's amazing. Full bus. Now, I lived with my, my cousins, and we, we used to drink together, but I'd just given my life to Christ two months before. I went there, and I found him. Uh, I found them, but one of them actually woke up to open the door for me. He was drunk. When he saw me, he ran, covered himself on the blanket. He said, your face is, 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 uh, you have fire on your face. I tell you the truth. God assigned the whole bus just for me. Hallelujah. Angels have been sent on your way and assigning, assigned for just for you, just for you. Hallelujah. Just think about it, just for you, in response to the word of God. Now look at this then quickly. So verse 20, so the prayers have been made and supernaturally uh, Peter has been removed. Uh, from prison. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and said, Sidon, but they came to him with one accord and having made blasters, the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. And uh, so on a set day, Herod arrayed in a royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God, small g, and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. In response to what? The church praying. 
Listen, it brings deliverance to the righteous. But unfortunately, those who refuse to change, it brings in judgment. The church of the living God has power to influence the affairs of life. Listen, Herod was a king in the government so that you're the voice of the church has power actually to influence even the political system. We, we see that so much in the book of Daniel. You have authority. You have power as a member of the board of Christ. That's why, again, I'll say this. Look for another one in your office. Not to be shouting and all that. You understand that. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's just to stand in your place of authority. Not to act weirdly and strange. But quietly. Authority is not in shouting. Authority is in knowing who you are. It's not in the shouting. It's knowing who you are. And the two of you can change things in your neighborhood, in, the, in your office, whatever it is, your business. You have that authority. See if I can make some statements here. Let's go to John chapter 1, 12 to 13 from the Amplified Version. <clears throat> I've barely scratched my notes. Um, all right, listen to this church. Talking about Jesus, verse 12. It says, but to as many as did he receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the what? The authority, the privilege to become children of God. What a privilege. What a privilege. To become children of God. That is to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Listen to this. Who are born not of blood. It's not natural conception. And then he says this. Nor of the will of the flesh, physical impulse. Nor of the will of man. That is of a natural father. But listen to this. But... This is what it means. But born of God. You are born. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are born of God. I like saying this in this manner. You have God's DNA. Hallelujah. You have God's own DNA. Born of God. Because he talks about the natural birth. It's not the physical impulse. But it's by, no, the will of man. That was of a natural father. But of God. That is divine and supernatural birth. They are born of God. Say, I'm born of God. And if that's not enough, spiritual transformed. You became a new creation. Renewed. Is the bigger one over there. Look at this. Sanctified. Sanctified. Separated just for God. I'm born of God. Say, I'm born of God. Spiritual transformed. Renewed. Sanctified. And in John 3, 3 says this. Jesus answered Nicodemus, say this. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above. Hallelujah. Reborn from above. Spiritually transformed. 
renewed, sanctified. He cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. So think about this when you gave your life to Christ. Actually, you are spiritually transformed, reborn from above. This is what it means. If you are born in a family, you have an inheritance. But I don't know my, my father. You don't have to worry. You have a heavenly father. You have an inheritance. Praise God. You have an inheritance. In fact, he says this. If you are, you, are, you are in Christ, you are Abraham's seed. And you are Abraham's, you are Abraham's seed. And you are an heir according to the promise. Church, you have an inheritance. Amen. In the scriptures, the church is referred to the church of God. You find that in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. In 1 Timothy also 3.15 is referred to the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Listen, I like this one. The house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. The church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Let's go to Acts chapter 20, verse 28, the scripture that I've said. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of, the, the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Purchase is to be bought. Bought. God bought it through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are bought. We belong to him. We are the church of the living God. Yeah, listen to this. Therefore, if we are to experience what God is doing in the local church, you must first identify yourself with him, with the Lord. That's where it all begins, church. I find some many times asking a person, who will ask, I'll ask them, are you, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah, I am a Christian. Are you born again Christian? You have to clarify in our nation. And they say, yes, I'm born again. Where do you fellowship? That's the, first, the, the next question. Where do you go to church? Where do you fellowship? Uh, I used to. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? I used to. And then, you know, I found that was, it was fake. <laughs> no, that has, I'm adding. But they say I used to, to attend such and such. But nowadays I'm too busy. Uh, you know, I work even, I'm, I'm too, no. You have to identify yourself first with him. And then, secondly, to the, with the local assembly. That's a member of the church. To the local assembly. Let me say something about, about what I've just said. You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The second thing is this. You need to believe God to find the local body, the church that you're supposed to be. I think that, not I think, I know that's very important. And when you receive that by revelation, you stay right there. You stay right there and flow. In, I gave my life to Christ in 1996 and then four years I served in a, in a certain church. And, and, and I knew I was supposed to be there. But then it came to the second phase of my, uh, let me say, let me put this, I've been 
in two churches for 25 years. The one I stayed for four years, four and a half years, and the one I've stayed for, this is the 21st year. Two churches. Now I'm not condemning if you've been in 18 churches. You understand that? <laughs> you understand? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that if you... Well, how many churches? Oh, do I have even the number? We started with that one. We went to the other one. Oh, that... Ah. Then we came to this other one. But two churches. The first one I knew I was supposed to be, and when, when the time came, um, and the Lord led me actually, coming to the Bible school, I knew. And then when I was in the Bible school, the next thing was this. Now look at this, how, how Jesus said this. I will build my church upon this rock. Revelation. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Now look at this. The importance of having by revelation knowing where you belong to a local assembly. Very important church. That's where actually when you receive that, you know it, you belong. And even if you don't hear an audible voice, so to speak, and it... Sometimes he can do that, but many times you didn't do. There is a feeling and a knowing right inside of you. That's the place. There's just the knowing. You feel like you just entered home. This is the place I belong. That's very important. Just there. And when I came in, uh, I asked, you know, I stayed and I, I knew the Lord had already said, to me, I want you to uh, submit your ministry under Pastor's Wade and, and Carlos. I say, yes, sir, I will. And I started serving, and it's been, this is the 21st year. The first time I stood this pulpit, it was, uh, it was actually in Kasarani, was 28th of October, 2001. It was on a Sunday, you can check it out. I did tithes and offerings. I stay. And people will come and go. And I stay. And people will say something. I came alone. Seriously, no one knew me. Then no one was going to remove me except the voice of God. So people will come. They get dissatisfied. They go. Some genuinely, some offended. Some finding fault. But I stay. And if the Lord wants me to stay here for the rest of my life, I will. And to see your children's children becoming pastors. Amen. Hallelujah. I like to sit somewhere here when I'm 92. Ninety-two. You see with muscles. <laughs> I just want to do that when I'm ninety-two. And to see uh, your children, children, preaching the gospel, and I'm sitting right there, and I'm smiling, and I'm looking at them. I'm looking forward. Many of your children, when they come for the first time, you know, the little ones, they're getting to know some things. When I say, I want to greet them, and they turn around and, no, no, they don't want to, to greet me. I say, never mind. Within a short time, you'll be running to greet me. There's a prophecy that will be fulfilled. And then the another thing, I will conduct your wedding. I'll be available. A privilege of conducting 
people's weddings. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That's being, let, let me read the scripture, then I'll wind up. I wish I'll take more time. But no, we have two scriptures before we finish. Several scriptures here before we finish. I'll make this point. You have to experience, listen to this, you have to experience, if you want to experience what God is doing in the local church, you must first identify yourself with what? With him. First. Okay? You must as an individual strive this is very important. You must, as an individual, strive to build fellowship with God through the Word and the Spirit. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Then join with others in the local church and flow with the vision of the house. Join with others. See others as your brothers and sisters and, 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 and listen to announcements. Listen, we just don't announce for the sake of announcing. To tell them, elders, Deacons, do you have anything we can say this Sunday? Let's, let's, let's see if we can announce something this Sunday. Be diligent to find out something to announce. We just don't do it for the sake of doing it. That, that's why you have to pay attention. I encourage you this year. Pay attention and participate fully. An example, singles, have you registered? For your meeting this, this, coming, this coming Sunday? No, it's available. Yeah, you know, I had a Valentine dinner with my special. No, it's, it's not long. We just have it here in church. Invite the special one. And then after that, they can take you to inter- somewhere. From, from, from Living Faith International, maybe to Norfolk. Norfolk is no longer there. Something out there. Something international following after you've had the international here. Uh, let's go to Psalm 92, then I'll wind up with this. Skip some scriptures here. From the Amplified Version, Psalm 92. Are you there? Psalm 92, let me get mine there. Okay, from the Amplified Version, uh, praise God forever. Look at verse, uh, okay, come on now. All right, let's start from verse, verse 12, very familiar scripture. Listen to this. The righteous will flourish like the dead palm, long-lived, upright, and useful. Remember what Pastor Carla spoke some few years ago? How can I be more useful? How can I be useful? Long-lived, upright, and useful. Say, I will live long. I will be upright. And I'll be useful for the rest of my life. Then look at this. They will grow like a seed in Lebanon. This is a big part, church. Majestic and stable. Majestic and stable. Look at verse 13. Planted in the house of the Lord. That's where it begins. Planted 
in the house of the Lord. And he says this, they will flourish in the courts of our God, growing in grace. And they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. Hallelujah. Why is that? He says this. They will grow like a seed in Lebanon, majestic and stable. Planted. Say planted. I am planted. 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 Don't forget that. Planted. Deeply rooted. Deeply rooted. Planted. I felt so much some years ago we had a a fig tree out there. I think Pastor Wade planted it in 2005, I think. And then there was a palm tree out here. Planted, I think, 2005, same time. But I felt it so much to be able to just bring it down, those two. The one which is behind here, actually, some years ago, we were building there in 2014, that HLA building. We had actual two. I, I said, it was still big. And I said, guys, let's dig a hole big enough. And then when that bulldozer comes or caterpillar, they'll just lift it up and bring it over here. And thank God we have it right behind here. Right behind here. I wish you were able to transplant that one. But it was too big. I like trees. I just, I'm, I'm not a tree hugger. <laughs> but I like them. I really like them. But listen, listen this church, you have to be planted. Planted. For you to bear fruit. The local assembly is so important for your fruit bearing. For your fruit bearing. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God, growing in grace. They will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in all age. I love this one. They will flourish and be vital and fresh. And fresh. Rich in trust and love and contentment. Fresh. Jumping from one church to another, one assembly to another, and you never have anyone that you identify with, you wither. Can you think of a plant that you keep uprooting it, transplanting? Every Sunday, you wither. And you know what has become popular? People say that church without walls. So I did you on Sunday, we can move from one church to another, just sitting on the sitting room and taking three, four cups of tea. Do I, do I tell you why we're supposed to, to come back to church and stay there in church? Why? Because coronavirus didn't come from God. Fast, the the uh, stopping of our physical meeting didn't come from God. Because Corona didn't come from God. How important it is for us this year to experience that year of the local church to be planted deeply. You are unmovable. So dear one watching us online, you're welcome. You saw my smile. Growing in grace, they'll flourish, be vital and fresh, rich and trust and love and contentment. Look at verse, verse 15. They are living memorials to declare that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. Hallelujah. 
to declare that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. That has to be our pursuit. To identify ourselves with the Lord first and then with the church. This is a place that the Lord has for you to serve. Over the years, you serve in different departments of the church. And you keep growing. You grow in that grace. You stay fresh. Amen? I really do encourage you, as you go next week into some things, I really encourage you this year to put your root deeper into what God has in store for you. Find an area to serve. Join. I really encouraging leaders, you know, the roundtable leaders, that we need to have more influence this year than never before. Thank God for what we did in 20, 2019. Thank God for what we are able to do in 20, 2020. The roundtable leaders have been such a blessing in helping, actually helped me to plan for these meetings. Church, when you are not here, when you are, uh, you know, last year, pretty much Part of it from March to, to July. These are the leaders. Can I have the round table leaders? Just stand wherever you are. Let me see every one of you, please. Uh, over the, um, the um, deacon. Come on, can you? All right, over there. Is that all? There, over behind them. All of They helped me tremendously. And they are building teams. We have several young people nowadays in media. Can I see some, some people in media, Tim? And see Lucy standing up there. You can wave, Lucy. That's fine. You're part of it. Look at this, Baraka. Those young people, they've joined. Look at those. That's Andrew's influence. Look at this one over here. There's, there's something that we discovered from, about media. We need new wineskin. They're fast. Thank you all. They're fast. They do it faster. And that's what you want to see young people just serving and growing in the grace of God and, and, and seeing many joining different, different places in the local church, outreaches of KSCF, you know what, no, no, you know, no, the way that we are going to do it. And I know God is opening more doors to be able to do it more effectively. I want you to be part of our team this year. Care Home Fellowship. Find out the nearest one. Be planted in what God is doing in this local church. And bigger things will be unfolding as, as, the year, as, the year, as we get more deeper and deeper into 2021. God wants you grounded and rooted. And he says this, And the guests of Hades shall not prevail against it. Look at this. If you are a member of the body, that's exactly what is happening. You are unmovable. You are unshakable. You are able to withstand everything that the enemy has against you. I hope you received something this morning. Hallelujah. Please stand up on your feet. I want to pray for you before I bring in Brother Francis. Glory to God. Praise God. Would you just lift up your hands and just thank him for his word. Just worship him. He's the head of the church, Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.
Father, thank you for your living word. Jesus, our Lord, you are the head of the church. And thank you for revelation knowledge increasing in your church. Pray for this local church, but I also pray for the church in this nation. The influence that you have impressed my heart concerning the times that we are living in. The church rising up and taking her rightful place in this nation. Father, jointly we ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling? What are the riches of inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead. And when you raised him up, Father, you raised us up together with him. And you made us sit together with him at your right hand, far above all principality and power and dominion and might and you've called us if in the name of Jesus you've brought us into your kingdom we are your body the fullness of him who feels all in all father I pray for every single person that you have called into this church that they be a knowing there be a voice of the head of the church, the voice of the shepherd just speaking in them and following the leading of the Holy Spirit as we look forward to this 2021 the year of the local church abundant overflow in Victory Faith Church the year of the local church in this nation abundant overflow of our nation in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ Father thank you for restoration. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus upon your people even this day. I plead the blood of Jesus over your people. And I thank you, Father, for your goodness upon them. Amen.